Thank you so much for allowing me to come today. I was really, um, I really wanted to finish off by at least visiting um, once, um, just to see you all again. Um, I remember a lot of you um, from my time when I first came here. And uh, yeah, it was a really, um, that was, I have a lot of good memories from my time um, when I started off here. So thank you to everybody. Uh, so when I was thinking um, about what to speak about, um, this was the passage that came to mind uh, because it struck me that I was very much in a time of changing seasons. God's word says, uh, for everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. Now we normally associate seasons with weather and we see definite seasons in Melbourne, um, in Cambodia. Um, it's a little simpler. We just have two seasons, the dry season and the wet season. And they're pretty distinct, actually. You know when it's the wet season. That's when you can't step outside your front door. <laughs> so um, there's a map for anyone who isn't sure where Cambodia is. Can I ask um, if people could raise their hands if they have been to Cambodia? Oh, a few, a few, yay, there we go. So um, it is a fantastic place and I hope that if, you know, things go well, maybe um, more of you will get to go there. Um, so, um, yeah, so I guess um, just going back to the thought about seasons, um, sometimes with um, changes of season we might see um, some changes in weather and some storms. And I've certainly experienced some, some storms. Um, and I think any of your big life changes can often come with storms. Today I want to share some of my season in Cambodia. And also I want to share with you um, my new season in Australia, which has already begun. So I just want to start by saying that God is good all of the time. And he was very good to me during my time in Cambodia. And it was a season that I'll never, never forget. So our passage um, from God's Word starts off, um, a time to be born. And it may sound funny, but I feel like I was really born when I went to Cambodia. I feel like I was born as a missionary. And um, before I went to Cambodia, I guess I hadn't really um, developed my abilities to evangelise. Um, but when I went to Cambodia, I really felt God mobilised me into that role. Um, and it happened sort of in a few different ways. Um, but I'd like to share with you about my friend Antonia. So um, this is a photo of um, myself on the riverside. And um, I'm the one in the pink. Um, and next to me is Antonia. Um, and then on the other side is Jenny. Um, so they're both missionaries. Um, and Antonia was um, from Switzerland and she had been in Cambodia for about eight years so she was quite experienced. Oh, welcome, welcome. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so anyway, um, so I first met um, Antonia through what I'm going to call um, street church. So um, um, street church was um, on a Friday night. Um, we used to get together. 
Um, and I should tell you, in this photo, um, Antonia was very, very good at speaking Khmer. So she had a very good grasp of language. Uh, she was also really good at working with local um, Khmer people. Now, um, just to explain, when I use the word Khmer, I'm actually using the same meaning as Cambodian, um, but we just um, we call the people group Khmer. Um, so um, Antonia was a really gentle soul, um, and so it was a bit hard to be annoyed at her. Um, but there were times on a Friday afternoon when she would send me a text message saying, uh, would you mind tonight just doing a testimony for me? Um, would you mind just doing a Bible story presentation? Um, and I am one who really likes to prepare, so I, I would always... <laughs> I would always then quickly, quickly, quickly try and prepare something. Um, and I would always do it. But worse was the times when I would turn up to street church and find that Antonia had been called away to visit someone in a hospital or one of her kids was sick or something. And I would have to walk the streets using my best Khmer to invite people to street church. Um, that that meant that my language actually improved very quickly. Um, but it was often a case of me inviting them, and then when they replied, I would just say yes, 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 <laughs> to whatever they said. But anyway, um, <laughs> that, was, that was all I could do at that stage. This was my first year. So this is a photo of Street Church. Um, so it's fairly informal. Um, we mostly invited um, people who were, um, I guess, um, hanging out on the street. Um, it was the red light district, so um, a lot of them were um, working. Um, but they would take time out to come and join our little street church um, for an hour. And it was really exciting because we never got the same people. Uh, we never knew who was going to be there. We never knew who'd been arrested by the police. Um, so, um, so it was really good. Um, and I was really happy to be involved in it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just it taught me um, a lot of new skills. Um, but sadly, as things happen, um, my season finished and um, I, I ended up moving on. Um, and Antonio moved on too. So for myself, I moved up to a new place um, called Sin Reap, and that's where I met my friend Pierrom. So I'd like to share with you about Pierrom. So I first met Pierrom um, when I was working up in Sin Reap, as I said, and uh, I was working as an occupational therapist, and she was working as what they called an interventionist um, or assistant. So um, Pierrom and I got to know each other pretty well um, because we used to travel out each day to visit kids um, and um, provide therapy services. And as we did this, I guess our conversations would often turn to um, me talking about God and um, prayers that he'd answered and, you know, why I was in Cambodia. And um, we, um, yeah, Pierron would share to, with me that she was from a Buddhist family, um, that her father still went to the te to the temple to um, help the monks. Um, but um, one day I was really surprised because she told me out of the blue that she actually believed in God. Um, and so I asked her, you know, um, uh, what did this mean? And she sort of said, oh, sometimes I pray, but I'm not really sure who he is. Um, so I saw that as quite encouraging, um, and so I invited her to join me at church. 
And she came along, and um, Piron was a very bubbly person. Um, and anyway, so she, she sat in the service and she listened. And I went up to her um, after the service and just said, Oh, Piron, what did, what did you think? Um, and she just sort of said to me, Oh, I just loved it. You know, as she said, she hadn't disagreed with anything the pastor had said. Um, so that was really, really encouraging. Anyway, um, she actually got really busy um, helping her family, so I sort of saw her less and less at church. But then she um, had a friend come along, and this friend um, had a disability, and her friend actually asked her if she would go with with Pierrom to church, um, if they would travel together. Um, So Pierrom came back to me and asked if they could come to to my church, and I said yes. so they started coming to church again um, and came for many months, actually. Um, so that was really good. Um, but then, sadly, I actually ended up leaving Seen Reap. Um, so I, I didn't get to see her at church anymore. Um, but I did go back and regularly visit um, Seen Reap. So um, I remember when I did go back the first time, um, Pierrom had... Um, a very sore knee and she could hardly walk Um, and my first thought was oh no she's going to lose her job if she can't walk Um, anyway um, I contacted um, a physio in Australia and and just asked what should she do to try and you know improve her mobility Um, but of course I also offered to pray as well and uh, and actually um, Piram felt so loved and cared for um, just through the period that um, she realised and said to me that she she knew now that God was really helping her and and really cared about her situation. And her knee did improve. Unfortunately, then another thing hit. Um, Her sister actually um, became... um, mentally unwell and ended up in hospital and uh, she was behaving very very strangely and Pierrom went to be with her um, but she was very very concerned and uh, she contacted me again and and this time she asked me to pray and um, which I did I prayed and then I um, thought to myself um, how can I help her because I was living in Phnom Penh at that stage Um, And then, um, as God would have it, um, my friend Antonia was in Sin Reap. And so I asked Antonia if she would go and pray with Pierrom at the hospital. And Antonia did. And um, Antonia was actually able to share the gospel with her um, as well. And um, Pierrom accepted Christ. Um, So that was very exciting. So Pierrom's new season as a Christian just began. And uh, a recent update um, I had was that Pierrom had moved to another city again um, to live with her parents and she hadn't been attending church. And then um, I had a friend who lives in that city who's a New Zealand CMS missionary and I asked if she would make contact with her and she did and she invited Pierrom back to church and Pierrom came. So I knew that God was still working in Pierrom Okay, so um, just back to um, our Bible reading today. Um, I think I've got a photo of rainy season. I'm hoping, Karen, there we are. So, um, yes, I wasn't joking about stepping out your house into the water. It it gets pretty wet there. Um, And, uh, yeah. 
So it's, um, it makes it interesting when you need to travel around. <laughs> um, so our reading today, um, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. And when I read this, it reminded me of Van Sack, because Van Sack was really someone who needed healing. So I, um, I first met Van Sack. He's just in the middle there with the brown T-shirt. And uh, this is outside the blind school, actually, in Sin Reap. And uh, Van Sack actually lost his sight um, when he was 13 through a, uh, accident, a soccer accident. And because he lived in a remote area, there was no medical help. Um, he actually lost full full um, vision so um, he'd been blind ever since um, but he was quite amazing and he got around um, uh, pretty well he was also um, the school had a room um, which sort of told the history of the school and he used to be the guide for that um, and he was always someone who was really positive and upbeat uh, I never heard him complaining even though he had some really obvious um, difficulties uh, so Vansack um, came from a Buddhist background, um, but he told me that he had never given offering um, to Buddha, but I wasn't really sure if that was because of his situation um, or he, he'd made that choice. Um, anyway, I came to him and uh, because his English was so good, um, I actually asked him if he would um, help me to learn the Bible. And... Uh, and he was happy to do that. So we started reading the Khmer Bible. Well, I started reading the Khmer Bible. Um, but um, as it happens, um, I managed to actually get hold of some audio Bibles um, through another missionary family. Um, and so we were able to actually use the audio Bible. Um, and I was able to give Van Sack one as well. So, um, yeah, so we spent um, probably um, a month or two um, doing that before I actually met a lady at church. And um, she was a real um, evangelist. She, she loved to share the gospel with people. And um, so one day I said, well, will you come and meet my friend Van Sack? Um, and she said, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so she came to the school with me and we met up with Van Sack. And she just gave him the most amazing gospel presentation I've heard. <laughs> I could understand it, but I couldn't have done it myself. So um, I was just so pleased because I knew now that Van Sack had heard the gospel. Um, I knew that he had some understanding of it. Um, at that time, he, he wasn't willing to take a step and sort of um, pray. Um, but um, yeah, I was, I was really encouraged by that. And uh, yeah, I guess after that, I continued to, to meet with him regularly and to share with him. Um, and he actually came down to Phnom Penh uh, once um, and stayed with me when he was doing some training as well. Um, continued to, to just share with him, um, you know, the, the, great, the great gift that God has given us in Jesus. Um, and then actually since I've been back... Um, I actually had a message from him and um, I was really just really encouraged when he told me that he knew that it was God that had um, been at work in his life over the last year 
And it was quite amazing, actually, because when I met Van Sack, he was single. Uh, and here he is with um, his baby. Um, so he now has um, a partner and a baby. Um, and, um, yeah, and he continues to, um, you know, um, he will pray for me and, and I pray for him as well. Um, so we continue to have those conversations, um, which is great. But we do have different seasons, so a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn. And I think when we read the Bible, we see Jesus had times of weeping and mourning. Um, and I want to sort of share with you a time that I had when we had a time of laughing, but then we had a time of mourning. So in my first year, when I was studying Khmer, um, I started attending language school and I realised that it was going to be pretty hard. Khmer is probably one of the harder languages to learn uh, just because it's, it's very tonal um, and sometimes our ears, we just don't pick up the same levels that the Khmer will pick up. So I decided I would get a language tutor and so, um, so I prayed to God. I said, God, please send me a woman a woman who's very patient, um, has good pronunciation, um, and I don't mind if she is Christian. So, um, so you know, God sometimes answers half of our prayer. Um, so he sent me a man um, who was single, um, but um, he, and he did have good pronunciation, <laughs> um, and, but he had loads of patience, so that was fabulous. Um, but it did create an issue for me um, as a single missionary. I didn't really feel like I could have um, Gungia come over to my house um, because all my neighbours knew me and um, I wasn't sure how they might interpret me having a young single man. So I noticed the coffee shop down the road and I had already started to go there with one of my neighbours and started to sort of, I'd met the young boy that worked there um, already and, uh, and he spoke English as well. So I said to Gungia, let's just meet there. And so he said, that's fine. And, uh, oh, Gungia was Christian. So, you know, God did answer that part of it. Um, and uh, anyway, so we, we met there and actually next door to the coffee shop um, or sort of behind it was a beauty salon. And that was when I met Shrey. This is a picture of Shrey. Um, she was the cook uh, for the beauty salon, uh, but she spoke absolutely no English. So, um, but she took quite a liking to me, despite our lack of communication. And she would often come over when I was studying with Gungia, and she would ask me a question in Khmer. Um, and of course, I would try my best to try and understand and then try and answer the question. Um, but she would often laugh, so I know that I wasn't that good. <laughs> and someone would interpret. <laughs> um, but we became friends, and she's actually um, the reason that I first learnt the word um, maharik. Um, so the word maharik in Khmer um, means cancer. And um, yeah, so I started to hear this unusual word, and I asked Gungia, um, you know, what, what is she talking about? Um, and what it turned out, um, she was talking about how she had been told she had cancer. 
And uh, so I was quite concerned about that. Um, and she, as the weeks went on, she became more and more upset about it. Um, Shrey had two children, um, both young. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was a concern to her. At one point she did ask if I would look after her children if she, if she passed away. So she was very concerned that she was going to die. Um, so I thought to myself um, what would be a good idea and actually the next week we were having a baptism um, at church and I thought I'll invite her along and I'll ask the church members to pray for her um, because uh, yeah that would that would be a good thing to do. Um, so, um, so she came along and it was a great day. Um, various people prayed for her, she cried, she um, yeah, she really, um, you know, spoke to, to lots of people. She spoke to the pastor um, and he was able to share with her as well. So um, the next week she actually ended up going off to hospital and she had some surgery and, um, yeah, I really wanted to go and visit her. Um, so I managed to find out where the hospital was and um, went in and I managed to find her room and uh, she was just so happy that, she, that I'd come to visit her, that I'd made the effort to come and visit her. Um, and so using my, my phone translator, we managed to have a bit of a conversation to which most of the time her telling me that I needed to find a husband. Um, so we didn't talk much about cancer. Um, so when I assured her that I had everything underhand and I didn't want to marry her brother, um, <laughs> I... Um, I uh, we um, yeah. I mean, it was just great to see her smiling, and and she came home, um, and she, yeah, she she started to recover, which was really good. Um, but it gave me an idea, and the idea was to get one of my um, girlfriends from church um, to come and and talk to her about what it meant to be a Christian, um, and um, why you know we followed Jesus. Um, so my friend came along and again I heard this wonderful gospel presentation um, and different to, um, to Van Sack, um, Shrey actually accepted and it ended in um, her praying to accept Jesus into her life. Um, so it was, it was an amazing moment and uh, yeah and so I, um, I then started to take her to church um, but after a few weeks um, I went to collect her and, and she, she wasn't going to come. And so I just was fairly casual, but I was a bit disappointed um, and concerned. But anyway, I went off to church um, and I thought, I'll, I'll persist. I, I came back the next week and I said, um, do you want to come to church? And uh, again, she said no. But this time she said, no, because I'm going to the church around the corner. So... <laughs> big sigh of relief. <laughs> um, anyway, I went round to the church around the corner um, and it was a Khmer church um, with a Korean pastor who spoke very good Khmer. So, um, and they had um, a children's program there. Um, so I could see that that was much more convenient for her. Um, but then um, at that point, I actually relocated. Um, so that was at the point that I was going back up to scenery. And so I didn't see her. Um, I didn't see her again. Um, I actually heard that the cancer had come back and um, that she had passed away. And she'd left behind, you know, her husband and and her children. Um, and 
yeah, it was a very sad, sad, sad time. Um, but I just, I guess, consoled myself by remembering that I knew that she had made that commitment to Jesus. Um, and I just really am looking forward to seeing her in heaven. Mm. So God's word, yeah, does remind us um, that we have times of mourning, but we have times of dancing too. Um, and I certainly had times of dancing in Cambodia. And I think there we are, yes. So um, weddings are a big thing in Cambodia. Um, they can be huge, so sometimes they might be, you know, 500 people. <laughs> and um, at one, I think I was the only foreigner. A lot of them I was the only foreigner, actually. But I was different because I was a foreigner that spoke Khmer, so, <laughs> so I was kind of accepted. But they were a great way of kind of building relationships with the people around me. And all of those ladies there, all the ladies I used to walk around the block with each night, um, so they all lived um, in my street. Um, and, and through that I got to know more and more people um, and they just really were um, very um, accepting and, and a lot of things came out of that. So I guess they would ask questions about, you know, did you go to church? Um, who was at church? What did you do? Um, and they're all on Facebook. So a lot of Cambodians are on Facebook. So I used to post things from my church um, and that would sometimes prompt them as well to, to ask me what was happening then, you know, because we used to do baptisms and um, so, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. Um, but going back to our passage in Ecclesiastes, um, we read that there is um, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing and this has certainly been the time to refrain. Um, as COVID hit, um, COVID has had a big impact on things, I think you might agree. Um, and this is one of the main reasons why um, I'm actually not re returning to Cambodia. Um, for me, um, COVID has sort of brought on a time of seeking and a time to lose. Um, in deciding not to return to Cambodia, I've really um, experienced a time of loss um, and I, I really love the people of Cambodia but I really hate what COVID has done and how it has changed things um, but in that I am reminded that this is God's world and God is still in control and God is love and in God is light and there's no darkness in him and he gives us many promises and uh, I think when we read just in verse 11 of our reading, um, he just reminds us um, that he has made everything beautiful in its time and he has put eternity in our hearts and we are people who can receive salvation and I know the change that it can have in people's lives um, when they do come to salvation. So... I'm sad to have a change of season, but I'm also happy to know that some in Cambodia um, have moved into a new season of knowing God, uh, the one true God. So just to conclude, I'll tell you about my new season. So um, firstly, um, 
thanks be to God that um, I actually found a job in the pandemic. <laughs> so um, that is a modern day miracle, I think. Um, so God's now using my gifts and experience that I gained in Cambodia in this new season. So I'm still working um, with children, working with children with autism, and I can still see God working in and around me each day here. So I'm learning a lot, and I'm still um, in touch with um, my workplace in Cambodia, so I've been able to actually share some of the knowledge that I've gained here in the last month. Um, and we're also intending to have regular Zoom meetings so that I can also continue to help um, back at the school in um, Phnom Penh. Um, so, yeah, I think I can be here, but I can still help the children there, which is really great. So I think um, I'm going to take the advice of the author of Ecclesiastes <laughs> and be joyful, do good as long as I live and accept God's gift and enjoy my toil. So thank you so much for your support over the last few years. Um, in particular, thank you for journeying with me over this just past season. And may God bless you and whatever season you find yourself in. And if you have any questions, please feel free to ask me. May God bless you. Sompre, ompro timbo. Thank you.